God, I just have a simple prayer with uh, all the fun, uh, and I hope everybody has fun at Christmas, with all the, the gift giving, uh, with all the plans. I just I pray that all of us, me included, uh, those of us who, who love the, the festivity of Christmas and really what it's become in our culture, I just pray there's room in our hearts for you. Uh, and I also pray, uh, you know, because I think about the new year in January and the after Christmas blues, uh, and I, there's some of us that can think about that and be on the high now and, and hit a low. Uh, I pray that you would restore the joy of our salvation, uh, that this would not simply be a season. It would, this love, this fellowship would be alive. So let us make room for you. And let us have your joy always. Because you give it. And you give it here freely. And you give it here in a moment. And in a service. And at any time. And I pray we receive it. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you all. Y'all can have a seat. Uh, If you have your Bible, uh, you can turn to two passages. Uh, First one is well known, Luke 2. We will read the Christmas story. And the other one, not as well known. Philippians, towards the back of your Bible, Philippians uh, chapter 4. Uh, it is Christmas Eve. As we uh, celebrate Advent, uh, we've talked about this all month. It literally means to prepare. Uh, so I don't know where you are in terms of, of food or presents, but uh, if you're not prepared, it is here. Uh, and so we will enjoy today. But more so, uh, Advent, and, and I've said this, it is It goes throughout history the last 2,000 years of preparing for Christ coming again. And so as we remember his birth, we also remember what he said, that he would come again. And that can be at any time. With the Advent candle lighting, today, well, the the last three Sundays, we've talked about joy, we've talked about hope, we've talked about love. And today we talk about peace, the peace that Christ brings then and now. Uh, We're going to talk about peace. The angel said, let there be peace on earth. So what I want to do today is I want to read the Christmas story, uh, which is very familiar. But then I want to talk about what it means, like for us. Often we we read the story, and that's good, and sweet baby Jesus, and and we love that. But what it means to, to have his peace, if you've got it or if you don't have it. You may be a Christian with no peace. Uh, We don't admit those things. But Jesus brings real peace. So let's look at, first again, the the familiar passage, and at least I think it's familiar to to many of us, Luke 2. Luke 2, beginning with verse 1, called the Christmas story. And I know, as many of you know, I know the the other Christmas story is going to start running 24 hours. It may have started already. But this is the real Christmas story. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. Let me stop right there. I want to tell you a little bit about this world that we just read about. Uh, Because in this world then, there was really no peace. I mean, like no real peace. If you... If you began just uh, this guy with the, with the funny name Quirinius, uh, you know, if you Googled him, he was a, uh, he was a bad dude, uh, bad dude. And he went to war and a lot of violence throughout the Middle East, which rose him into the position he was in. He, he conquered, uh, he killed, he did a lot of bad stuff. So no peace really in the world. No peace really for Mary and Joseph. I mean, simply think about it. You know, there, there was no room. Uh, they were left out. I don't know if any of us uh, have been left out of a hotel or a, a place to stay, but we can feel being left out. And then the shepherds, if you really think about the shepherds, I mean, these were, these were lower class folks, uh, working class, probably doing everything they could um, to keep a job, uh, to put a meal on the table. Uh, Not many of us know that feeling, but probably some of us do, uh, and many in this world do. So there was not a lot of peace. And then these angels came, and I love the translation of the word multitude, because that literally means thousands of thousands across the sky. So not like 12 or 20. Across the sky, thousands of angels singing glory to God and peace. Peace. But it says peace on earth to people he favors. They didn't say peace to all. They didn't say peace to earth to those he favors. And immediately, and it is immediate, then and now, Jesus Christ brings peace. Real peace. And we see this as we go on in the the Christmas story passage. Picking up verse 15. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. And seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Immediately... And it may be small, just in this little area with these few people, immediately peace came. Uh, The shepherds, I mean, they weren't thinking about their jobs. I don't know if they were thinking about the sheep, but they were thinking about the baby. And they were glorifying and praising God, just as the angels did. Now the shepherds in human form and going to tell. They had peace. Mary, probably all the worry and stress about what this baby would mean, how she would have it. Where she would have it, she had this peace. Immediately, the baby, baby Jesus, brought peace as she treasured 
these things, these moments. And the world began to have peace. And how would be that? Because people started hearing. And people were amazed. Even at his birth. Immediately, Jesus brings peace. Brought peace then, he brings peace today. So for many of us, look, this is a great day. Tomorrow's a great day. Next week for some of us, if we're off, great time. But I'm talking real peace. Not the highs and lows of family or fortune, whether that's the fortunate with friends, with health, with financial security. Real peace. I want it. You want it? If you want it, say amen. Okay, that's not everybody. I think everybody does want it, though. So I want to talk about real peace. I want to talk about what this means to have peace. And, and to that, turn to Philippians. This actually is one of my favorite passages over the years because it talks about peace. And I, I do want to say, I, don't, I want to say about peace what it is, how we can get it, and the secret. And it's all right here. Philippians 4. I'm going to read verse 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. We should rejoice. Not only that it's Christmas, but rejoice in Jesus Christ. Let your graciousness, I love that, your graciousness of of giving be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Amen. Today it At least we recognize the Lord has come. What we sing about, what we preach about, the Lord is near. He is close. Don't worry about anything. Wow. Let me say that again. Don't worry about anything. Cooking, oven, gifts, how the service is going to be today, how the service is going to be tonight, being honest there. Um, Who's here, who's not here. Being honest and transparent there. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition. Petition means asking, by the way. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, there's that word, peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Some translations have think on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and here it is again, the God of peace will be with you. Real peace, real peace. What is it? How do you get it? What's the secret? I'm going to hit on all these things just briefly. What is it? What it is? I would say two words, and they're they're right here in this passage. Real peace. Uh, First is poise. I love that word. I don't always have it, but poise. And nobody always has it. But God, by His Spirit, gives it. Poise. Where do you see it in here? Actually, it's down in verse 11. Um, Paul says, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content In whatever circumstances I find myself. Content. Contentment. Uh, I love this phrase. I heard a pastor long ago, a mentor, and I've used it ever since in my mind. Serene confidence. Because those two don't always naturally go together. Serenity and confidence. 
contentment. Interestingly, Paul here was facing death. And it was not a good death. And I know it's Christmas Eve, but he, he didn't go a good way. Okay? And that's what he was looking at. So he's in jail. And yet he's saying, I have peace. I'm content. So what is this real peace? First, it's, it's this poise. That whatever you face, whatever we face, we have this serenity, this confidence. You can walk into any situation. You can walk into any Christmas party. You can walk into any family gathering, whether you want to or not. And you can be like, man, I'm, I've got this peace. And it brings about a poise. Whatever the facts of your life, whatever you're facing. And then the, the second word I'd use What is this peace? It is a presence. It's the presence of God surrounding you. Where do you see that? Verse 7 says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. Will guard. Now that word guard, actually it's translated, uh, it's used the same when an army would guard a city, they would surround it. So it literally means to be surrounded. So you have poison, you have the presence of God, Surrounding you. You are protected. Uh, some of our, our loved ones uh, in my life, I was uh, talking to my aunt last night, and there's a, there's a man who I admire greatly. He's a World War II veteran. Um, he's a great uncle. Doctor's given him six months, okay? And he's had a, had a full life. But I've thought about all of those who... You know, is this my last Christmas? Uh, For those of us who are blessed, or at least we think we may live a long life. You know, I heard it by one pastor. You know, some of us in God's eyes are, who are young, some of us in God's eyes who are young are really actually very old. Uh, And some who, you know, think they are old may may be quite young. We don't know. So when I think about what we're facing, what that, uh, that family member and other family members and church family members face, and sometimes there can be nothing more difficult than the death of a loved one. Maybe it's just facing Christmas for the first time without a loved one. Can we say, and this is tough, and I want to get real nitty-gritty on Christmas Eve. It's tough. Real peace. What it is, is that the presence of God is guarding you, is surrounding you. And I have known people who've lost loved ones, and I have known people who face death, and they do have this, this poise and this presence. And it's not natural, it is supernatural. And the Holy Spirit brings it. He can bring it to you today. So it's not just facing the facts, there is a presence that lifts you over and above the facts that this earthly, uh, broken, not yet perfect world will throw at us over and above. God, I want that. God, I want that for you. How do we get it, though? I just said what it is. I didn't say how you get it. There is a way we can get it. And I I would argue, in a positive way, that there are three disciplines that this passage shows about how to get that peace, like how to really get it and maintain it and keep it, have it, how to get it. And I'd say think, thank, and love. First, think. Not always a popular word. I mean, we like to chill. We don't always like to think. But this passage says we need to think. If we're to have this peace, we've got to think. The world would say, 
And I bought into, and, and I will again, what the world says. The world says, if you want real peace, man, just chill out. Just get out of your context. Just uh, For a guy like me that likes deer hunting, just go to the woods, man. You know, It's all on technique. Go to the beach. Uh, go play a sport. Go, I don't know, for a kid, I don't know, zone out in video games or whatever. You want peace? It's all, the world would say technique and action. Go. The Bible says something different. It says think. Remind yourself. Preach to yourself. What Hunter did when he came up earlier, preaching to himself as he's preaching to us. Think on these things. What are the things? They're mentioned here. Verse 8. Verse 8. It says, don't worry about anything, but by prayer and petition. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Then Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, dwell or think, some Bibles have, on these things. To have real peace, we have to think on, you have to think on, the gospel good news. What is that? Big word, gospel. It's really simple, or you can say it in a simple way. God made you. You're not an accident. Uh, Your strengths and your weaknesses are not an accident. They will be used by God. God made you. God loves you. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. God saves you in Christ Jesus. He either has saved you or he wants to save you. He desires to save you and give you real peace. God is at work. God is at work in this service. God is at work in the family gathering. God is at work at Christmas. God is at work always. God is always working. And God will one day bring about new heavens and new earth, a totally perfect world, which we can inhabit when we have Jesus. And it can begin in hearts. Think on these things. And often the the circumstance of life, we have to think on these things. We have to preach to ourselves. Uh, I say this, there's a, uh, there's a stupid piece and a smart piece, if I can use the word stupid. The stupid piece, and I have lived in the stupid piece a lot, okay? Here's what it is. Ho, 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 to the bottle I go, to heal my heart and drown my woe. Say it again. Ho, 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 to the bottle I go, to heal my heart and drown my woe. That's a stupid piece. I've lived into that much. Smart piece, think on these things. Think on these things. So to think, and then I'd say to thank. Thank God. You know, I love verse 6. Read it again. It says, pray. The simple says, pray, ask by petition with thanksgiving. Christmas Eve, we give thanksgiving its due. It's, it's losing out, you know, all in November. But thanksgiving. Give thanks. So... It didn't say, you know, pray, ask, then thank God that he answers your prayers. No, no, no. It says pray, ask, with thanksgiving. It is like praying and thanking God. God, I know you're doing something even if I don't see it. Even if it's not my ask, I know you are working. So we have to thank God constantly. This ties in to one of my favorite verses, Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. All things... Work together for good for those who love the Lord and called according to his purpose. All things. 
That's what I like to say. There are no accidents in Christianity. So as we're praying and as we're asking, we can also think and give thanks that there are no accidents again in Christianity. And this whole deal that we call life, your human life, if you're in Christ, it is like a tapestry that God is weaving of the good things, the positive things, the joy that this world brings that are good, the distresses, the pain, everything is this tapestry that one day will be made so clear, clearer than the brightest delights, clearer than the strongest of loves, and we'll see it and know it. But the Bible says this is true. and It's woven in to your life. So we can thank God. We can say, you know, God, I don't know why, you know, you know, born this time, live in this place, have these challenges, do that. But, man, you are at work and you're bringing about something and it will all one day be very plain and simple. Here's the deal for me, for you. God gives us everything we ask for if we knew everything he did. God would give you everything you ask for if you know everything he did. And say it again, because you probably don't believe, many of you don't believe that. God will give us everything that we ask for if we knew everything that he did. That's Romans 8, 28 again. So to think, to thank, and then to love. See, it's not... Um, it's not just okay to think on the right things. We've got to love the right things. Got to love the right things. Verse 8 again, it says, whatever is lovely. Whatever is lovely. See, we love, uh, for me, okay, uh, we, we primarily love most what is changing. What do you mean? Well, I love my kids. They're changing, okay? God, I hope they always, like, love me and we always have a great relationship, but things are changing. Um, I mean, I love this church. It's changing. It's always constantly changing. I love people. They're always changing. I love nature. Seasons change. Um, I love being active. Doing life. Not always going to be able to do that. Everything's changing. There's one thing, God, who's unchanging. So don't just love the changing, but love what is unchanging? God. Love God. Love God first because he did love us. There's a quote I want to uh, put up on screen. Uh, it's by a guy. Some of you may know, some of you may not. Augustine. Actually, a lot of what we do and even in church uh, was begun by Augustine. He, he lived in like 400 A.D., so you know, just 1,600 years ago. But he wrote a lot of very good, very simple, very relatable and relevant stuff even for today. And he said, God alone is the place of peace that cannot be disturbed. God will not withhold himself from you unless you withhold your love from him. Uh, And often for me, and probably for you and many of us, we, we will withhold our love from what is unchanging God and give it to what is changing. And and here's the thing, because you could be thinking, well, man, I love all these things, and I mean, do I do I not love all do I not love God? What I have seen in my life is the love of things that are changing shines light on the love of what is unchanging, God. For example, I mean, I love um, I love where there's water and mountains combined. So we've been blessed to go out to Lake Tahoe for uh, a couple times. And one time my wife, to quote her, 
there's this, there's this pass as you're coming down, and there are many, but there's one that we drive down, and it is, uh, you see the lake, and you know, at sunset, the, just a massive lake, is just lit up, red, pink, just the glory of creation. You know, my wife said to our, our boys, you know, you know, if, if there's that in creation, just think how beautiful the creator must be. Because I do believe that God created that. And if he's the artist, I mean, like, just how, how awesome he must be. I mean, I, I love my kids. Blessed by them. Love my family. And, and in them, I say, man, God has is, God is provided. God is blessed. You know, love, love my boys for their strengths, even their weaknesses. Even little Logan, who was down here earlier. The way his mind works. I get a love of God uh, from him. I mean, other things in life. I mean, I love baseball. Anybody love baseball here? Say amen. I'm curious. How many amen? Baseball. Not many. Come on, guys. You gotta, okay. I love baseball. So, like, how does that translate to the love of God? Well, man, I mean, just seeing some God gifted, and it's a gift for some dude to crush a ball. It is a gift. And just, man, God gave that gift. I mean, I love the dirt in baseball. Like, getting out and it's green, and I know it's the middle of winter. I mean, I don't know it's football season, but just love it. Like, God made this. Some of the ballparks these architects designed. I mean, those are God-given gifts of architecture that people design. I love deer hunting, okay? love running, love skiing, love, love the out- nature. I mean, all of it points to love of God. That's what I'm saying. Don't not love what is changing, but think about what is changing that points you to what, who made that, the creator. Love God, okay? And then last thing, talks about to think, to thank, to love. That's how to get it. But even doing all that, there is a secret of peace. I talked about what is this peace, how to get it. But there is a secret. Because you can say, here, all right, well, I love God. Or trying to, but I don't really see him, you know. It's kind of hard. I know, okay, unchanging. It's kind of abstract. I get that God, love God, okay. We can see Jesus. Like, well, he's not here. Well, we have his word. The whole deal about Christmas is God coming to us in Christ Jesus. We can see him. If you read the Bible, you can, you can see his, his life, his teachings, his death, his birth. You can see Jesus. And so the secret of peace is the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And what he came to do. What he came to do. Did you know, uh, and I didn't do this, I was, I was uh, reading some stuff on, uh, at Christmas, even the death of Christ. Do you know Jesus died? They, they really believe because of the crucifixion, he died screaming uh, in agony. Peace was taken away from our Lord, our Savior, Sweet little baby Jesus, remembers birth, but even, I mean, at Christmas, most of all, remember his death. He died screaming, the pain. He had no peace to give us peace. Uh, two verses that, that share this, that say this. One, Romans 5, 1. There's, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Another one, Colossians 1, a couple verses. 
This is Christmas, verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. God became flesh. What we cannot see, we now see. And through him, Jesus, to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven. How? By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Some of us have lost loved ones at Christmas. God would say to us, I've lost a loved one too. God would say to us, I've lost a son too. But it wasn't involuntarily, it was voluntarily. So that we could have peace. Do you have this peace, this poise and presence? Again, whatever you're facing to rise you above those facts. Do you think about these things ever? I know I have to remind myself to think of them. Do we thank God, whatever it is? Do we love what is unchanging? Do we know all that Jesus has done? Close with a story, and I've said this before, and I will say it again. Some of you know it, some of you do not. It's about a man named Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford. He was rich, and then all of his fortune was taken away in a fire in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire. He got a little money again uh, to have some peace. He used the technique. He said, my family and I, we're going to go to Europe. He had to stay on some business dealings, so he sent his wife and his four kids on a steamer. He said, I'll meet you there in a couple weeks. Let's get some rest. Let's take stock of our life. Let's see what God's doing in the next chapter. Steamer hit an iceberg, and many drowned. He received a telegram from his wife, Anna. And there's just two words, saved alone. Uh, four kids, his four kids drowned, saved alone. And as he took another steamer to meet his wife, Anna, uh, in England, he wrote uh, famous words, or it should be to some of us, maybe not all. When peace like a river... Peace like a river descends upon my soul. He wrote, it is well. It is well with my soul. That is real peace. That is a peace that, I mean, I could say I had, you know, preaching everything, but such circumstances of life, time will probably tell in my life. Time will probably tell in your life. I do know this. On Christmas, it is... It is very, it is highly possible. Why? Because Jesus has come. Jesus has come to make it well. In hearts, in lives, in the world. We can have it. We can be a reflection as a church, as the church here gathered, and as the church scattered. And so as we gather with our families, God, I pray we just at least think on this peace. We'd actually maybe take a step to believe on this peace. That it can be well. And the last thing you know, I would say before we move in is what the angels said, verse 14. They said, glory to God and peace on earth. And I think when we live our lives with glory to God and glory of what he's done and what he's doing, whatever the, the life circumstances is thrown at us, glory to God, we have that real, that real peace. And it is indeed well. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Come on up, guys. We're going to do something a little different. Y'all come up and get set. We, uh, again, we normally will do communion a lot after the service, but uh, we'll do that tonight. So we invite you. We'd love to see you tonight for communion and candlelight.
But we're just going to sing today, or maybe you're not going to sing, or maybe think, or I encourage you to, to pray. I encourage you to respond in, in a way the Spirit would lead you. And the response is in the Spirit and the heart. And maybe that response is, God, I want this peace. Uh, it's not something you have to strive for. God will give it if we desire it. And if we believe, and if you believe what I've said, and I do pray you do at Christmas, that is real peace. But we're going to kind of combine two songs or play one song after the other. It's, it's the same amount of time. Don't worry. You're thinking like, what? Okay. We're going to play a song that we have uh, actually played, I think, every Sunday, Let Us Adore. Because I think the real peace comes when you glory to God. I, I, love, you. I love you, God, who gave us Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And we're going to close with it as well. And I don't know if it's, you know, I mean, I hope it's always well at Christmas. I don't know whether it'll be well in January. I know it's not well for some folks in January. I know it's not well for some folks today. I know, I know as a pastor, I know the deal um, facing what could be the last Christmas, um, having the first Christmas without... It is well. It is well. Let's pray. God, may it be well because of you. It is well because of you. Help us to know it. Thank you, Jesus. Not for coming, but for dying. Thank you, Jesus, for saving. May it be well for this church family. May it be well these brothers and sisters and it is well in you and that's that is how it happens in your name Lord Jesus we pray amen